Live from the luxurious NZ-17 Towers in Vernal, Utah, this is ASO Radio, and now the one, the only, NZ-17! There's clever engineers. But yeah! people let's do this I am pumped and ready to go this is NZ17 uh, let me back up this a little bit welcome to ASO Radio ladies and gentlemen boys and girls on a talker of all ages this of course is ASO Radio and I am hosting it as the one the only NZ17 we got a lot of stuff planned for today a lot of exciting things a lot of new things little old things something blue something new everything we need to do plenty to get done uh, I mentioned a bit on the website how due to technical problems, uh, we weren't able to get this episode up until Monday. I'll go on a bit more about that in the fan mail section. Uh, I got a review of the second volume of Child Story, or in other words, Kodocha. Uh, Kodocha, sorry. Um, we're going to play some uh, reviews that DB3 and I reviewed in the past. Uh, but I haven't been able to feature on a show yet. Uh, gonna play some funny for you. Got another awesome interview from Nan Desukon, this time with Trevor DeBall. Uh, this and so much more on episode 86. No! 87 of A Show Radio. So, before we go and do anything else, let's get on to the anime news. Dun, 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 dun. Welcome to the evening news with Dan Weathers. This is Dan Rathers recording your weekly anime news. All right, so we got a heck of a lineup of anime news for you all this week. Uh, and so let's start off with something big, something that's been in the works for a while. Uh, 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 I know, Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. Yes, finally we have a solid release date after years, and I mean this, of just making up bullcrap and going and uh, goading us along. Yes, Final Fantasy VII Advent Children has been slated for DVD and UMD, <coughs> PSD only made for movies, uh, release on April 25th. The two-disc special edition DVD will retail for $26.96 and will feature anamorphic widescreen video, Gobi Digital 5.1 audio, deleted scenes, story digest, making a featurette, Venice Film Festival footage, and a preview of upcoming Final Fantasy VII games. All this in addition to fan subs. Oh, no, wait, that was the release I saw a while ago. Uh, but for $26.96, they better make this worth a while and include the Japanese sub as well. Next up, very exciting, very interesting. Okay, it just involves naked chicks making out, but let's cover it anyway. ALC's Yuri Manga, Rika Taekanji, has been chosen by Professor Terry Dwan Lewis of Greatest University as course material for Anthropology 166B course. This class will cover some, but not all, of the current 
ethnography dealing with non-heteronormative sexualities cross-culturally, explained Professor Lewis, confusing people more than before she explained it. Next up, Ergo Proxy Music by Radiohead. The official Ergo Proxy website reports that Radiohead's Paranoid Android will be the main theme for the upcoming TV series. The song is a pre-existing piece of music, not an original piece composed for the anime. The band did not approve use of the music until after they were shown a preview, so essentially said, no matter we'll go and we'll approve this, but only if we like it. So you've got to go and give us a sneak peek of it, and if we dig, we'll go and sign a contract with you. But if not, well, you might as well find someone else. At least that's imagine I, uh, how I imagine they sound. I don't really know if they're from Liverpool. Viz announces Shoujo Beat but, uh, video label. Yes, recently Viz has announced launch of the Shoujo Beat video label. The first DVD released on their label will be Full Moon Volume 1 on June 27th. I checked it out a little bit. Sounds fun. Sounds, uh, cute. Anyway, Import Store offers free manga to scan later. Yes, it may just be a promotional stunt, but then again, the guy just might have a sweetheart. Benmu.com, an online manga and music import store located in Finland, has offered to provide established scan laters with free copies of Japanese manga. Next up, Afro Samurai manga to be released in North America. But which one? According to Yomiuri, there are plans underway for U.S. nationwide release of the Afro Samurai manga. The article is not entirely clear as to whether this will be the original manga, which original creator, Takashi Bob Okazaki, self-published in the magazine in 1998. Toward the new American format Afro Samurai comic that Okazaki is working on. No details about who will be releasing it or when it will be released were mentioned either. An anime TV series based on the manga is being produced by Gonzo in cooperation with Samuel L. Jackson, who will voice the lead character and star in the live-action adaption. After all we know, Samuel L. Jackson's really hurting for new projects. The TV series is set to premiere on Spike TV around November 2006. Following its North American debut, the five-episode TV series will air in Japan on Fuji TV. According to Yomiuri, the Japanese release will be in English with Japanese subtitles. Kind of an interesting twist on things, wouldn't you say? Although the newspaper does not specify if that refers to the TV broadcast or home video release, Namco will also publish a number of Afro Samurai video games. Yomiuri's article in English looks at the origin of Afro Samurai published uh, originally in a doujinshi and planned for the property. Sounds like the next big thing that might be hitting America, but then again, who knows? It all depends on how the treatment is and whether we go and get something that's palatable to the taste. Uh, next up, yes, that's right, 1996 will be here, and now, ten years later, Pokemon is celebrating its tenth anniversary, or as I like to call it, Pokemon. Since it is supposed to be short for Pokemon Monsters. But regardless, Pokemon USA has announced plans for celebrating the property's 10th anniversary. That's right. 10 years of games, anime, card games, various licensed stickers, and of course, giving up what see the Japanese children. They're never going to live that one down. In April, a one-hour TV special, Pokemon, the mastermind of Mirage Pokemon, will debut on Kids WV. Later in the year, the eighth Pokemon movie, Lucario and the Mystery of Mew, will be released on home video. 
Starting on February 25th through July 22nd, the Pokemon Journey Across America Tour will visit numerous cities across the United States in addition to a Pokemon tournament. The events will include numerous on-site activities including live costume characters, a Pokemon trading card game play area, exclusive character downloads for Pokemon video games, and a 10th anniversary lounge to offer fans a look back at Pokemon through the, uh, the years. Tournament winners will be flown to New York City in August to compete for the championship title at the Pokemon National Video Game Championships. And now a bit of <coughs> taboo about one of ADV's upcoming releases. Uh, apparently, ADV has wanted to go and release Prefecture Earth Defense Force exclusively through their website and not distribute it through retail channels as a direct-to-customer incentive and as a trial plan for future DVD releases. However, Anime on DVD reports from the Right Stuff International has removed the Prefecture Earth Defense Force from its catalog. This is because ADV spokesperson Chris Orr told Anime on DVD that PEDF was never intended for solicitation to retail accounts, and that it will be offered via the ADV website exclusively. Anime Nation has also removed the title from their catalog, stating that it was formally offered to any retailers that chose to carry it via printed solicitation. Anime Nation confirmed the report with ADV and has removed the product from their catalog. Amazon.com, however, has not removed the Prefixture Earth Defense Force from its catalog. And I'm sure that it was a flub on ADV's part in a print catalog as often these promotional materials go out before plans are finalized. However, Robert's Corner Anime Store has some good news for those people that have pre-ordered through it. Um, following the removal of Prefecture Earth Defense Force from online stores, Rice Up International and Anime Nation, Robert's Anime Corner Store, actually it's Robert's Corner Anime Store, or something. Anyways, I posted the following comment. ADV created a minor controversy with retailers after announcing that the release of blah 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 will be available from ADV only and will not be offered to retailers or dealers. This came after several retailers already started taking pre-orders for the title and is a great example of why Roberts doesn't always rush to be the first to post a new item for pre-order. Uh, apparently, very disappointed by this, contacted ABD to see if they would allow them to carry it as a pass-through item. In other words, allowing them to stock it and sell it at cost rather than profit in order to go and satisfy the pre-orders. ADB was cool about it and is um, going to make arrangements so that Robert's Anime Corner Store customers will be able to attain the title. So everything ended up working out in the end. Um, and they generate a whole bunch of press, so maybe they'll sell a whole bunch of copies of this, who knows. But anyways, that's all for the news, as interesting as it was. And now it's time for us to move on to the anime reviews. Does it suck? Does it rock? Who knows? Anime review. Okay, so we're going to have two reviews this episode. I'm going to review Kodoka Volume 2, called Hayajima Hijinks. At least I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. It's Hayama Hijinks. My apologies. Regardless, though, we're going to review this volume, and then we're going to play a review from the ASO Radio, um, need some sort of catchy name for the reviews that we haven't played before in the past. Perhaps I should make it a fan mail topic. Um, but for now, we'll call it Never Before Listen to ASO Radio Review of 
Romna One Half. Big trouble in Necron Ron China. That's right, the Romna One Half movie, which TV3 and I reviewed several months ago, but unfortunately did not have time to play the review on the show. So we'll be taking care of both of those. But first, I'll go and give a review of the second volume of Kodo Chop. From the back, this is what the description says. <clears throat> Sean is determined to help Akito cheer up whether he likes it or not, but for all their good intentions, Sean only discovers that getting through to Akito will be anything but easy. Sana thinks she's finally got Akito's problem figured out. She hopes her co-starring performance and an emotionally charged made-for-TV movie is going to solve them all. Meanwhile, Sana is totally excited about being inter- invited to do an interview with her favorite actress, Asako Kurumi. But at the time of the interview, Ray pulls another one of his mysterious Spanish gang acts, and it seems like Asanko is asking one too many questions about Ray. What's going on? Alright, so enough of the, the hits from the back of the case. What did I think of this? Well, first of all, animation quality. Definitely you can tell that this was a show made last century. A, a little too vague, not specific enough. All right. Well, this was most definitely one made in the early 90s slash late 80s because you can really see um, just the whole thing of that time shining through as far as the quality of uh, the animation, you know, you can tell. So it looks good, granted, nice, fluid, uh, there's a lot of movement in this, not just lip flaps, so we got a lot of stuff going on, really good job on that. I'm just saying for those people that need those crisp lines uh, of today's anime with computer-assisted imagery, they might need a bit of an adjustment, but I enjoyed it, gave it a nice feel. How was the dub? Well, once again, Funimation has recycled its cast from uh, Fruits Basket to go and work on Kodasha. The voice of Shigure, the dog from Fruits Basket, is the voice of Ray. The voice of, um, oh, of course I can't remember her name. Hang on, let me spin around and grab the manga, shall I? Of course I shall. Hey, look, I'm establishing depth by talking from a further distance in order to go and create the illusion that there is a large room that I'm in that I'm recording the show, when in fact it's not a large room at all, but simply, ah, there we are, just need to see an image of her to remember the name, Toru Honda. So back to my small broadcast group, Toru Honda's voice actor then goes and becomes Sana, and Akito's voice actor is none other than Kyo. So we've got a lot of familiar voices to those who have watched Fruits Basket, and I am one of those. However, they all do a very competent job, though they seem unable to break out of the mold of their previous established character voices. Uh, everybody does their part well. The Japanese dub, uh, typical, but enjoyable. But what of the story? Well, when I first started watching this Kodocha, I thought it was just going to be another one of your average kids' shows with, you know, just a little bit of extra spice to go and make it interesting so that uh, the older people in the crowd could enjoy it. But what I have found is that this Kodocha is actually a wonderful story in disguise. It's no wonder why the fan suburbs were talking about this show so very long, and Funimation has done us all a great uh, service by bringing this show over to America. Um, it's, it's got, um, how to put this exactly, it's got a lot of depth to the characters and to the story surrounding them, but without going and drudging us down in unnecessary details and bogging the pace down to an enjoyable, um, well, feet dragging. <laughs> if you want uh, an example, see Neon Genesis Evangelion to see what all the people are complaining about. 
Not that I didn't enjoy it, but towards the end, really did start to go and kill its own pace. Now, this prototype keeps its pace well, throws on some drama in here. We find out that Ray uh, had previously been just a bum on the street uh, who had more or less given up on living after he had been broken up with his girlfriend, who it turns out was Osako Karumi. And that she, though, attests that it was not her that broke them up, that it was a big misunderstanding. However, Sana has seen the poor homeless Ray and decided to go and take her in as her manager and basically take care of him. In exchange, Ray feels an honor debt to her and will go on with pretending to be her boyfriend and whatever else makes Sana happy. However, Akito does not take kindly to this false romantic intentions of Ray, whereas Ray has no real feelings for Sana in a romantic sense, but merely claims to act. Sana herself goes and believes him to be her beau, and Akito will have none of this, and announces his rivalry for her affections. Rivalry? Well, from going an angsty young boy to going and seeing the emotional understanding that Sana has towards his situation with his family in that made-for-TV movie, suddenly Akito is beginning to see Sana in a whole new light. And all of these characters seem to have much more depth than we were initially led to believe. Of course, all of this drama is broken up by the slapstick and hyperactiveness of Sana, which is in high contrast to the Toru character in Fruits Basket, and so provides a nice balance for those who have seen that. But enough of my back listening. How is this show on its own? I have to say that this show is splendiferous, and splendiferous is a good thing. I'm going to have to go give Kodacha Volume 2, Hayami Hijinks, a highly recommended. Let's see if Volume 3 follows through on this when I review that in the future, shall we? But for now, we have a Ramna review to get to. That's right, Ramna 1 half, Big Trouble in Netcon Ron China. Here's MV17 and DB3. Okay, uh, we're going to be reviewing for this show we've got Ramna Big Trouble in Necron Ron China Necron Ron Necron Ron Hey 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 Love you <laughs> Oh China That works out pretty well So How about you go and detail us the adventures of this DB3 since you saw this one a bit uh, more recently than I have Alright This movie starts off with a big chase between uh, Ramna and Happosai uh, Yeah How'd that get initiated? Um, Hakosai was up to his normal pervertedness and stealing girls' panties and... Ah, uh, nothing more needs to be said about that then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then Rama tries to stop him and, well, the case commenced with Akane hacking him and thinking he was participating. And it's funny how all the different characters join in the case. Like, everyone seems to join in the whole city. Yeah, more or less all of the characters, uh, the major ones all make it, and a lot of the minor ones do, too. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty good, funny opening scene, but then we get to the real meat of the show. Yeah, um, it actually starts off with a girl named Leafy stopping them, riding on her, her elephant Jasmine, as she's chasing down half side to more or less kick his butt and confront mm-hmm. her about what happened years yeah. ago in her village. Yeah, and... Because there's always some large backstory to these Romney shows. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's always large backstories. But backstory is more or less, he left a skull, half a skull that says, you'll have much happiness if you keep this. And they didn't have the happiness that they wanted. So they're coming to 
to a mountain. Understandably upset, eh? Yeah. So she comes out, uh, Lychee and her elephant Jasmine, uh, they come after Hathosai in order to go and say, uh, you know, I'm looking for my prince and got this scroll and, uh, you know, she's basically come to Japan to look for a prince. Yeah. And then, uh, Kieran, who is the head of the Seven Lucky Gods Martial Arts Artist Group, uh, he shows up to go and take his promised bride, because, you know, he's the prince that this legend is made of. And he has the other half of the scroll that Lychee has. Well, in all the Rama co- uh, classic copyrighted confusion, uh, the scrolls ended up in the hands of uh, <laughs> Perennial Maiden in Distress Akane, and as a result, she gets taken by Kirin and the Seven Lucky Gods, and so Ramna and his friends and some of his enemies, uh, you know, the rivals, uh, they go and they all pack it up and they head off to Nekonron, China in order to go and rescue Akane. And then there's development between Akane and Kirin, mm-hmm. and then, uh, like, Lychee always telling her soft stories and nobody listening, she's getting upset, so on and so forth. Uh, obviously, Ramana movies aren't deep when it comes <laughs> to the plot. No, they're not deep at all. But the real appeal lies in the action and the comedy, and what did you think of these for Ramana? I thought it was pretty good, like... It was almost. It was like there was no really like real slow parts. Mm-hmm. It, there's all. It was always moving. Yeah, I thought this movie had a pretty good mix between the emotional developments that Rumiko Takahashi is known for, and also the you know comedic moments to lighten things up that Ron is known for, with action uh, sprinkled fairly evenly throughout the whole thing. Yeah. And once again, there's um, um having to fight someone who is stronger than him. Yeah, that's a pretty typical plot point there. And then winning in the end. Oh, great. Way to spoil it, DV3. But just like you, you, you said... No, no, no. You ruined it now. Uh-huh. No, it's, seriously, though, uh, like the manga, see, usually in the anime, you'll get some new rival that's stronger than him, and then you'll, like, have um, Cologne, she'll be like, Oh, Ronga, you need to practice this special fighting technique in order to go and take them down. And, and so he goes and he learns this technique and takes him down. But in the manga, it's usually Ramna. He, he's very sharp. He's smart as a whip in the manga. And he, he almost pulls off Detective Conan-esque uh, <laughs> conclusions that come completely out of left field but let him outthink his opponent in battle and defeat them. And as Ramna movie goes and illustrates the manga's adeptness at this quite well, as each of the seven lucky gods martial artists, he has to go and outwit them in order to beat them because they're all very strong, and so he uses his wiliness in order to get past them. You know what? He only he himself only fights like two of them. Mm-hmm. Like all the other gods, the other martial artists, someone else beats for him. Yeah, well, you know, it's zany comedy. Mm-hmm. Although the final battle was very cool. It was. And um, a, a note to um, listeners is that when you watch this movie, watch through to the end of the credits, and so you can see the uh, final scene of the movie, which happens after the final credits scroll, because it wraps everything up pretty well, and it's kind of funny if you watch the TV series. So what are you going to give this for a rating, DV3? I'll give this a recommended. Like, it's a, it's a good movie, but it's just a normal mom-ish movie. Yeah, I'm going to also give this a recommended. When I originally watched this, I haven't seen too much of Ramna, 
And when you go into the show, you don't need to have seen a lot of Rama, but it really helps in further the enjoyment because if not, you'll keep seeing all these new characters popping up and you won't know who they are or where they come from or what they're doing there, you know. And so you really do need to go and have um, a bit of a primer, either read something online or watch a good number of episodes of Ramana to be familiar with most of the cast that crops up during this movie. So, yeah, I'm going to definitely give... Um, Wrong now, one half, Big Trouble in Necron Ron, China, uh, recommended. Fan mail, 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 fan mail! Well, I hope you all enjoyed those anime reviews as much as we re- enjoyed reviewing them. Uh, of course, now it's time for the part where you, the fans, get around to act with the show, because after all, the fans make the show. Uh, we've got, uh, a bit of fan mail, um, and of course, if you want to send in fan mail to Asa Radio, just go and check out our fan mail form, just click on communications at the top of the webpage, click on fan mail, send it on in, or read it on the air. Um, and, to provide for much amusement, uh, the subject for episode 87's fan mail, that means you need to write it in now so we can listen to it on 87, is... What should we call these couple of reviews of which we've done in the past that haven't been aired on Acer Radio before, uh, featuring DB3 and me, doing our take on a couple of different shows? So write on in the fan mail and tell us what we should call these. Um, so let's go move on to our fan mail. This first one is from I'm a False Name. Uh, I'm a writes, yes, uh, I was going to watch your show... Uh, we prefer the term listen, but okay. Watch your show on Sunday, but you guys didn't update. I checked back later, and it said it wouldn't be up until Monday. What's up with that? Well, thank you, first of all, for writing in. I'm a fan to make the show, and we like getting fan mail. We especially like getting fan art, and we got a monthly contest about all that. But that's not your question. Your question is, why weren't we up on Sunday? We're weekly anime radio slash podcast slash audio program. Why did we not update on Sunday? Well, see, that's the thing about Ace Radio. Is we're weekly when we feel like it. <laughs> we, we try to go and get around to doing a show every day, I mean, every week, every day I tried that before, it didn't work out too well. Um, but doing Ace Radio Live was a fun project. Maybe I'll have to try that again in the future. All depends on what you guys want, you know, write and let us know. So, for a weekly show, uh, we try to update every weekend. That could be anywhere from Friday to uh, Monday, because, you know, you kind of look at it, those days, you know, it's kind of encompass the end of the week. Uh, but I try to go and update on Sundays. Uh, sometimes I give you a little extra taste uh, early by doing it on Saturday. Uh, and then other weeks, uh, it's just so busy that I can't get around to it uh, until Monday. So, you know, that's what happens, and that's why originally I set out to go and do the podcast for the show. Podcast, of course, uh, just a simple way of subscribing to the program. We've got tons of links on the front page of the site now. We've got links to uh, Google's RSS Reader. We've got NewsGator, Plug, Yahoo, Odeo, iTunes. Uh, we've got just a whole bunch of stuff on there. And, of course, you can just copy and paste our RSS feed directly into your favorite uh, RSS reader slash aggregator slash whatever the crap they're calling them these days. 
uh, or Podcatcher, as that's another popular type of program to use. I'll get to that in a second, though. Uh, if you don't want to miss the show, you want to subscribe to our podcast slash RSS feed so you can stay up to date. And with the uh, appropriate software, uh, the shows will be automatically downloaded to your hard drive. Now, unfortunately, it seems that a lot of the podcasting software out there is not capable of playing the highly superior on-forbus format. So if you want to get the very best in HO radio quality, be sure to download directly from our website. Of course, we do provide links to both versions of the show in our podcast. And soon, I will also provide links to the latest updates on Anik Fanatiku and Macro V, the comic. So thanks for writing in. I am up. And uh, to you and all of the uh, False Name Clan, we wish that you enjoy our show and tell your friends to tune on in to make us the most popular online anime audio program available. Uh, And while I am on the subject of podcasting, we were supposed to have a feature this week about the very best RSS readers, news aggregators, and podcasters for people to use to listen to Asa Radio. Uh, and um, myself, I'm a Linux man, believe in the whole free software thing, but that's not everybody's piece of cake. And so, uh, I had only been experienced from this end of the pond, if you will, the Linux side of things. And not so much on the Mac or Windows side of things, because I spend much less time in both of those. So, I decided, uh, you know, most of the listeners out there using Windows, you know, not their fault. Windows comes on their PC, you know, it's what they're used to. So, I had to go and check out, see what sort of software is out there um, to go and tickle the taste buds and titillate the senses um, for this sort of um, delivery, this mechanism of RSS. And what I found is that most of the programs out there were not up to snuff. You had RSS readers that couldn't deal with the uh, show enclosures, so you couldn't download the show through them. You had podcatchers, which were able to go and download and cast the show, but didn't go and show the RSS feed. Now, what's the point of me typing up these nice descriptions, having them delivered to your door and spending your bandwidth, if you're not going to be able to go and view them? So, so far, I haven't found any good quality uh, Windows RSS readers. The closest thing that I've found to quality is Google's uh, reader, which is at reader.google.com. We've got a link to it on the ASO page now. But um, that's not really a specific program optimized for that sort of experience. It's very nice, but uh, a little bit too, I mean, it's got this whole Ajax thing going on, which makes it nice and, you know, interactive and all. But it doesn't really have the clean straightforwardness that the person really wants. I found another one. It was called... uh, feed reader, it was pretty awesome, but it just didn't do the downloads of the show, so i got to find something good, and I need to hear from the Macintosh people out there, I had a Mac for a short bit of time, uh, it wasn't uh, capable of running Mac OS X, so I figured, well, it's going to become more and more relevant to people out over time, so I got rid of that Mac, so, here's your task, ASO Radio listening audience, the fans need to help me make the show by writing in with your experiences and tell me what the best online um, RSS aggregators are, the best RSS readers. Tell me what the best ones you find uh, that are web-based. Tell me the best ones you find for Windows, the best ones you find for Mac, and if you happen to have access to a PC running Linux, let me know if you find something pretty good on that end. I've heard good things about Juice, formerly known as iPod or X, 
but myself wasn't impressed with the program. There's a lot of stuff out there. I'm going to keep on trying some, but in the meantime, I encourage everybody else, check out Wikipedia or wherever else where they list these RSS aggregators. Take a look. Let me know if you find anything that's really worth the while that both shows the latest updates, whether they include, you know, an episode of the show or not, and uh, if they go and allow you to download the show directly through them. Haven't found it yet, but I'm hoping that through our combined efforts, we'll be able to go and find something totally awesome for everybody to use. All right. Well, enough about our fan mail section and our excellent new podcast feature, um, which, by the way, I'm going to make little changes to. It should be transparent to the end users, but soon we'll be able to track the number of people subscribing to it and the number of people downloading our show, which can only mean two things. One, we'll have more solid evidence uh, for advertisers as to why they should go and advertise on Asia Radio, because we're just so special. And number two, it goes and let us accurately track our growth. According to my best estimates, our collective website at MD17 Productions will reach over 1 million hits per month by the end of this year. So let's all do our best to make sure that goes through. All right, enough of this. Let's get on to the hot spot. Come right up and spin the wheel to a very hot spot. Alrighty then. We've got part one of our interview with the very charismatic, very character uh, Trevor Duvall, quite the character he is indeed. Uh, and we're going to play you some of our uh, funny commercials that we were going to use as placeholders on the show. But I let Entropy get the best of me, and so we just kind of quit doing that after a while. But we're going to play a couple every episode, let you hear them, and uh, you be the judge whether they're funny or not. But first of all, let's feature our first half of our NDK 2005 interview with the talented voice actor Trevor Duvall. Continuing our very interesting series of interviews here at NDK 2005, Asian Radio Live Coverage. Um, yeah, I'm not on the real radio. Uh, we are here with Trevor Duvall, uh, a man with a powerful voice and the ability to go and play several roles, including minor characters in Esther's life. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, one way to introduce me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, weren't you in uh, Transformers? Yes, uh, Transformers Energon and the new one, uh, Cybertron, as well. I played uh, Alpha uh, Transformers, Including T-Man. Our dear co-host that uh, couldn't make it. Of course, there's the guy, too, but there's no excuse for him. He lives in the same town as us. Anyway, well, first of all, let's go ahead and uh, talk about um, what's, well, we'll have you t- say, you know, uh, introduce yourself, say what you've been in, you know, you're on prominent role. Uh, and, uh, you know, what you're working on now. Sure. Sure. I'm really awful because I always forget to bring a little cheat sheet with a list of all my stuff. That Brad Swale, he knows what he's doing. He's always got one of those, but uh, I always forget. Um, yeah, the, the other guests we've interviewed yeah. all wrote their cheat sheets on the back of their badges. See, that's just one. I never, I never, I never think of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really gonna get it together. Sorry to interrupt. Go on. Um, yeah, my name's Trevor Deval, as you know, and uh, I do a whole whack of stuff. I uh, uh, some of the more prominent characters, I guess, are Alpha Q on Transformers Energon, uh, Scourge on Transformers Cybertron, Lula Flaga on Gundam Seed. Um, uh, Shiro Mibu in uh, Soul Taker and Nurse's Kalugi uh, and the list goes on and on and on and on Mr. Matt and Dr. Regal aka Mysterious Man on uh, Mega Man um, 
Yeah, Mosh. Mr. Mosh. Mr. Mosh. Mr. Mosh. Mr. Mosh. Mr. Mosh. He's a god character to play. Uh, Dan Brumman, yes. I forgot I played him. <laughs> yeah, so I've worked on a whole... That's true. That, that's true. That's true. I'm going to have a shirt made. Don't mess with Drumman. <laughs> yeah, a whole bunch of shows. Uh, Maze on a Cuckoo. Um, uh, yeah, like seriously, we do so many shows that sometimes it's hard to remember all of them. It's just, yeah. So when you say uh, Mike and you do go back and um, because the series, you know, some of it's been out for a long time, mm. but sub only, mm. and then of course they released the DVD. So mm. did you did they go back and dub over episodes? Uh, as far as I know, yeah. Uh, Brad plays the lead on that, and uh, I play his boss in that show. Um, uh, his name is completely escapes me I does not figure yeah he's his boss at the nightclub at the well, his name is Mr. Tanaka that sounds like Mr. it's Mr. correct that's an excellent name <laughs> 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 alright well um, okay so we, we discussed a bit about your voice acting which I'll get to in a moment because there's some characters from certain shows I'd like to put on okay um, tell us a bit about uh, your career as a voice acting coach and teaching acting to others sure I um I started doing professional voice work only about five years ago in uh, Vancouver when I first moved there. Uh, never really thought that it could be a profession. It never occurred to me that uh, you could actually make a living doing voices. Well, how many kids grow up saying, Mommy, I want to be the voice exactly. of the uh, Thundercats. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And my mother was always saying to me, you know, you know, one of these days you're going to have to get a real job. <laughs> and I say no. <laughs> I will find another way, and I somehow have. But I'm a guest of honor, mother. That's right. I have a badge with my name on it. What do you have? <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, I started to teach at a place called Capilano College, which is in North Vancouver, uh, a couple years ago. Uh, just because I noticed that there were so many people that wanted to get into it, so many people that had an interest in it, but there was no real place to go to get a nice, um, thorough, uh, introductory, you know, training course. There's so many uh, art schools, but uh, uh, acting schools, that so few specializing in that's, that voice. That's exactly right. And there would be, uh, there's a couple of my colleagues that run workshops, weekend workshops, but they're, they're, they're quite short. I mean, they're just a weekend, right? So you go in and you only get a little bit of time on the mic. And so, uh, Cap College wanted me to teach a 10-week course, and I said, okay, well, that'll be great. I'll be able to, um you know, design a curriculum that uh, is going to be able to teach people all the stuff that I wish I knew when I started. It's basically how I designed that because when I started, I, w I was green, man. Like, I was so green, I didn't even know to put the headphones on in the, in the booth. Like, I was that green. So, um, when I designed the course, I wanted to make sure that people walked out of there with a uh, thorough working knowledge of how the industry works, how a, uh, you know, what the etiquette is, in the studio, how to create a character using your, you know, body and finding out what voices your body can create and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's really, really successful, and I teach also at Vancouver Film School as well, and uh, I run private workshops and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I kind of think at times that um, screen actors get off a bit easy because they can use, you know, their facial expressions, mm -hmm. emotions and whatnot to go and get across the point. Mm -hmm. But voice actors 
That's true. It's a very different style of acting. I mean, all acting is ultimately about telling the truth. I mean, the the, the common um, misconception is that we're professional liars, but actually nothing can be farther from the, from the truth. Uh, our job is to tell the truth, and no matter what kind of acting That's it is. That's a prominent lie about professional things instead of the other way about. Uh, d- d- yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... No matter what kind of acting you're doing, you're trying to try to do. But when you're when you're doing voice acting, you have to rely on a certain set of skills that are quite specific to what we do. And there's been a number of film and TV actors, like big, big film and TV actors back home in Vancouver, that uh, I've come out to audition several times for for big pre-lay shows and stuff. And they're awesome on camera. They're incredible actors, but they never really book the voice gigs. And that's not because they're good actors, or because they're not good actors. It's because they just don't understand the particular skill set that you require when you know when you're in a microphone. They have a difficulty transposing their voice to yeah. uh, disembodied characters. Yeah, I mean it's it's a matter of like you said, you've only got one like you said, you've you've only got your voice to convey everything. So you have to have you know the highs and lows, and you have to be able to really paint the picture with the voice without being you know like that. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's a different technique, it's a different style, and, and it's it's tricky to teach. Um, Do not press the button, it will kill us all. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So, it's a bit. So, okay, since you mentioned how you were uh, working in Vancouver yeah. now at originally Brooklyn. Yes, indeed. Um, and, of course, T-Man is going to come south. So, you know, hey! Uh, keep it real. Uh, <laughs> keep it real, eh? Totally. Um, so, I was going to say, it seems that you can... Re- Voice actors really need to go and center around the hot spots of L.A., New York, Houston, or Vancouver. Mm-hmm. So would you say that people, you know, if you want to get professional at this, you really need to go to that area? Is it just going to be, you know, sending your demo station if they call you in, get on a plane, and then move? Uh, uh, no, no, <laughs> yeah. What I'm asking is, uh, you know, what, is it difficult having to deal with, you know, there's four cities and four cities only? Well, if you are looking to become uh, uh, any kind of professional actor, you do have to move to the centers. That's just the way it is. Um, there's no way around that. Um, you know, if, if you're from, you know, one horse town in Arkansas um, or wherever, uh, you, you can make the greatest demo in the world, but you'll never be called into audition because you'll have to fly a thousand miles to do it. And... Um, that's just not going to work. So, yeah, you have to be in the center. Uh, but you want to be in the center because that's where everything's happening and that's where the infrastructure exists for the voice work. I mean, like in Vancouver, we've got uh, countless studios. Uh, so there's always stuff going on. And if you really want to be a part of it, you've got to make yourself available for it. Yeah, I had heard that uh, some studios utilize some sort of real-time or near-real-time um, Kind of like using the telephone, basically, but for voice actors, they're too far away, flying to studios, generally on video games, from what I've uh, Yeah. And, um, but I imagine that must be awkward to be dealing with that sort of situation, because there's going to be some delay. Well, it depends what you're doing. I mean, we do a lot of voice classes for various shows we work on. Uh, there's a show I work on right now called Galaxy High, where one of the lead characters is in Toronto, but we record it in Vancouver. Uh, so she's always online. I've never actually met her in person, but I know her voice, right? Uh, but there is no delay. It's, it's instant. And we have uh, a lot of times, too, when we're recording um, the big pre shows, uh, the, the producers, or even sometimes the director, will be in Los Angeles and we'll all be in the studio in Vancouver. So, um, yeah, phone patches become 
uh, a lot more common these days because the technology is finally there to be able to have instantaneous communication. So in these phone patches, does the uh, actor see the uh, video or do they just have to tweak it according to direction? Well, the mostly when you're talking about anime, we talk about like ADR, like dubbing stuff. Right, right. Um, it's it's pretty rare to have a phone tag situation. You know, 3D animation that uh, you're used to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, we'll just take this voice and design the character's animation around that. Yeah, it's yeah. Little, it's a little different in anime. Backwards. Yes. With, uh, that's right. That's right. When the picture is already done, you have to adjust your performance to match the flaps, as we say. In industry lingo. Um, yeah, so it's a totally different ball game uh, when you're doing uh, dubbing because um, you've got to be there. You have to see the picture, otherwise you can't make a slap, right? So, yeah. Oh, okay, I see. All right, well, let's um, uh, revert back and talk a bit about some of the roles that you've sure. uh, been in. First of all, uh, you played Shesta, apparently. Mm, apparently. <laughs> That's what they tell me. I've heard it before. Um, and uh, for people that are like, Mm. That's one of uh, the generals, basically, uh, to um, the Landau and the rest of the bad guys. Yeah, that sounds right. And um, but uh, you know, actually, your character, believe it or not, has um, a small yet devout online following. I found interesting. I've discovered that too. I actually get a lot of people at these conventions that come up and want me to be the voice of Chester, and I don't remember what that is <laughs> because I didn't even know the guy had a name when I did the movie. I didn't even know he had an air. I just, they said, yeah, it turned out, you know, line 235, you're playing this guy. Said, okay. So he didn't have a big part. So, and then people say, oh, guys, yeah, I love your chef, then. Chef, is that like a soft drink? What is that? Yeah, that's all that in the store. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't even know he had a name or like up to the TV core of the TV series. Like, yeah. I just know, oh, yeah, he's a. He's that a guy. On, yeah. You know, that's the bull cat. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Well, apparently people really like what you did. Well, that's good. That's that's good. That's good news. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's switch gears a bit from a violent killing 14-year-old to um, the father of a handsome oh, girl. Conrad, yes. Yeah. Uh, great fun. So, so what was it like working on him Because, well, you know, a lot of the stuff you do is, you know, aimed at a younger party mm-hmm. demographic, we'll mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. instead of saying kids stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> you know, that, that must be weird to be, you know, kind of like there's this character that's minor and yet it's important because, you know, they're little kids. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's neat because uh, Sam Vincent, who plays um, the other father in the show, uh, the two characters always seemed to have like this running competition about who was like the coolest dad and me and Sammy totally played that up like even even at the studio you know <laughs> but um, they all, they, it, it always seemed like there was this whole subplot that developed all about you know the two dads and all the crazy stuff the dads were getting into and how embarrassing it was and that was so much fun I thought oh hey you know, this show's supposed to be about hamsters and yet uh, we have this big you know B story going on with <laughs> the father's uh, that was fun. That was a lot of fun because, um, and I get that that show is so huge, and, and people, uh, when they look at my resume, especially if they have kids, that's the first thing they see. Oh yeah, my daughter loves that show. That's great, you know. So it's a cast of thousands. Yes, yes. He shall be the middle. Present some fellow. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's fun. Fun to work on. Well, you know, the way that hamsters, short lifespan, crazy breeding, they could really do a lot of spin-off series. Oh, absolutely. I kept thinking that Conrad should have his own show. (laughs) Today on the Conrad Show, we're picking another random hamster to smash. That's right. That's right. (laughs) All right, well, 
you know, I just seem to pick all of the characters you'd probably rather not talk about. No, I not talk about all of them. Not a problem. <laughs> well, I wanted to talk a bit about Nina Yasha. Mm. Huge series. Mm -hmm. You play minor. Yes. <laughs> Such as Samurai Leader in episode five and Villager. Yes, yes, <laughs> Villager. Ah, oh, what a role! I. I remember that role fondly. I don't know, whatever. I mean, but you actually got a named role uh, as uh, Mikotsu. Yes, that's right. And so that must have, uh, you want to tell us a bit about that? And now, Mikotsu, if, was he like one of the big bad guys? Was he like a... Uh, uh, let me check here real quick. I was supposed to write down... I, I did a show. I'm pretty sure it was in Yasha where I was playing one of these seven like really evil ninjas. And uh, he was. Yes, it's Brad Slovitz, the idiot with his problems. Yes! Yes! All right. No, I, I, that was good. He had like every episode. And he was really creepy, that dude, because he was uh, like kidnapped of the girl, the female character, and was made of these you know, sexual angels. That was awesome. Awesome to play that. I love playing those evil guys. It's uh, so much fun, you know. So the crazier the better. I was actually having a discussion a while back with my father, and we uh, were in concurrence that a great bad guy that you can hate mm. really makes a show. Absolutely. Because you see these, uh, you know, in shows you'll see the antagonists. Mm -hmm. We don't have bad guys, we have antagonists. Antagonists, yeah. Um, and if the antagonist doesn't make you want to have with this, eat him to death? No, I wasn't going to actually say that. What I was going to say is you need to be able to understand where the antagonist has come from, mm -hmm. but you, you hate to love him but you love to hate him, mm -hmm. you know? And mm -hmm. so it, it, having a great antagonist makes you care that much more about the protagonist overcoming. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I think a show like Gundam Seed was really, uh, really fantastic because in a show like that, it's not about the good guys or the bad guys. It's about the two different points of view uh, in any conflict. I thought that was brilliant because, you know, it's not like the Zap forces are these, you know, you know, evil guys that are, you know, <laughs> they're just another side and they've got their own viewpoint and they're as main a character as anybody on the Earth Forces side so I thought that was really neat because when it's hard to figure out who you're supposed to root for that just makes the story so much more compelling you know and I gotta tell you I like real life because well right I mean there's no black and white yeah everybody's just coming from their own yeah there's no such thing as you're either with us or against us in, in the real world you know it's, it's, it's all shades of grey and uh yeah, so I think, uh, like, especially, I was so impressed with Gundam Seed. It seemed really sophisticated to me. And, uh, yeah, because of that, yeah. So. The end! <laughs> That's what we say. <laughs> That's what we say. <laughs> uh, Mr. Duvall, such a fun character, such a fun guy. Not to be confused with the, you know, kingdom of fungus. Um, and, of course, thanks out to him for agreeing to do the interview with us here on ASO Radio. Uh, and be sure to tune in to episode 88 to see the second half of our interview with him. But for now, we have one final treat before we end this ASO Radio broadcast. We're going to feature three of our promo spots uh, and various advertisements that we were working on for ASO Radio. So without much further ado, before you uh, don't listen, here is our three selections for this week. This Sunday, Sunday, Sunday at the Anime Arena, do we have such an exciting project for you as none other has been before. We've got 
Extreme Knitting Grandmother. Be there for all the edge of your seat action as you watch them do triple thrusts, uh, triple sprinkles, and other crazy knitting things that you can only do with two or fifteen needles. Be sure to go and thrill to all the exciting excitement as we watch these old ladies show why they're the baddest grandmas in the rocking chair. You pay for the entire seat, but all you need is the last 12 centimeters. So be sure to pre-order your tickets now at Ticket Blaster. Hey man, I got good news for you. Yeah, what's that? Your parachute's actually just an anvil. It can't stop you from falling at all. What? How's that good news? I actually just saved 15% or more on my anime, and I'm not gonna die! What? Uh... Would you like to go and have your ad on Ace of Radio? It's really easy, and you'll be reaching our thousands of listeners that we get every year. ASO Radio's prime demographic are age 15 and older and include a large female and male audience. So if you're trying to reach people that love video games, love anime, and are on the bleeding edge of this information technology highway we like to call the Internet, then be sure to place your ad with us. Be sure to check out our uh, thorough information on all of our uh, listeners. Wait, that almost sounds like I'm spying on everybody. Oh my goodness. What I meant to say was be sure to visit www.nz17.com slash Radio slash advert to get all the information on how you can advertise on ESO Radio today. Do you sometimes feel that things just aren't the way they should be in your life, that they could somehow be better? Well, you're right. That's where we come in. We manufacture a product called Panacea, the simple little pink pill that you can take today to go ahead and improve your life. Here's some of our own customers saying how Panacea has cured what ails them. Hi, my name's Dave. I had a powerful eye pain that always hurt, and I just told about Panacea. Well, I took Panacea for the 30 days, and now I have a third eye. I can see clearly now. My, uh, my name's Gregory, and there'd be periods where I would fall unconscious for hours. But thanks to Panacea, I don't need to sleep anymore. I can stay awake 48 hours a day, and I'm still going strong after over three weeks. Hi, my name's Gil. Well, my hair grew all over my face. So I took Panacea. Now I'm completely bald. It cured me. And my name's Kelly. I had this little problem. I was quadriplegic. But after taking Panacea, I now have 37 different arms, legs, and various appendages. I didn't think it would make that big of a difference in my life, but wow, has it ever. So if you ever have a problem that you think can be cured through the use of medicine outside of your body's natural processes, be sure to think of us. Be sure to think of Panacea. Uh, listening to those commercials brought a smile to my face and a rosy glow to my cheeks. Uh, we'll be playing a couple of selections from our uh, pre-recorded and yet very entertaining commercials over the next several weeks of ASO Radio. And uh, within the next three weeks, I believe, the next three episodes, we're going to wrap up our series of NDK reviews. And, uh, reviews, I'm getting ahead of myself. Our interviews will end and then we will bring back the randomness of the hotspot. Uh, we will be featuring, of course, 
brand new video game reviews, brand new manga reviews, a few soundtrack reviews, and whatever else we feel like talking about or squawking about. Anyways, uh, we covered a lot of stuff today, had a lot of fun. At least I had a lot of fun. I'm sure that uh, those of you out there listening to this have gotten almost to the very end of the show. So if you're still listening and you haven't enjoyed yourself yet, well, you better hurry because it's almost over. Um, so, for episode 87 of ASO Radio, this is NZ17 saying sayonara, good night, take care, and join us next week. ASO Radio is copyright of NZ17 Productions. ASO Radio is licensed to the general public under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial share-like license. Additional licenses available. For more information, visit us online at www.nz17.com.